0: calling play-by-play of volleyball this weekend, and I'm very scared about it because I don't know what I'm doing. You're calling volleyball this weekend? Volleyball how for does, a webcast? How does one call volleyball? She sets it. Uh, no, it's I, I talked to someone. Point? I talked to someone last night, and I watched some YouTube videos of some uh, volleyball play-by-play, and it's yeah, set, spike,
1: dig, kill, murder. <laughs> But how do you know? Not like, murder, not murder. I don't know. When do you like know when to cut? Like I've I've done a lot I'm of play-by-play. Just play by throw play. out those
0: words. I'm just going to be like balls in the air,
1: kill, spike, set. Please dig. don't say balls in the air. Balls in the air. Ball is the it? Ball, ball is coming at what her you, face. Ball is in the air. Come on, get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> I've done a lot of play-by-play. I've never done volleyball. I can honestly say that. I don't know if I'll ever do volleyball. I wouldn't even oh, know where to start. I'll let you know how it goes. I love to play it though.
0: I I'm I'm not very good at volleyball but I'll let you know how it goes. I think we changed the name of our podcast. Okay. I think what do we come to the conclusion it's the 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 Warrior Revenge podcast. Balls in the air? <laughs> no. Oh no. Warrior Sorry, different topic. <laughs> Warrior is it the Warrior Revenge podcast or I like I kinda, Warrior Revenge. I kind of like Warrior 1 podcast. No, I don't like that one. All right, the Warrior Revenge podcast. We are uh, here on a Friday previewing the game against Eastern Michigan. The Aztecs taking a bomb after beating Arizona State 28-21. to For the first time in school history, they have beaten a ranked team in back-to-back years. So that's pretty cool. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, wow. Yeah, and I think that uh, there's a lot of firsts under Rocky Long. There are a lot of firsts in the, the college football history of the Aztecs under Rocky Long. And I'm just going to come out right and say it right now. I think that the key to this game is to not fall into the trap. Done, done, done,
1: which is the trap game. Coming off the big win and having to rebound against... Eastern Michigan. Don't sleep on Eastern Michigan, though. This isn't just like some pud team either. This isn't no. like Sacramento State, like where we're all like, oh, we can sleepwalk and still get a W. Yeah, Eastern Michigan beat
0: Purdue earlier this year. They uh, are doing, or they're started, they're one of their best starts in school history, and they're they're getting better too. It's kind of like an Aztecs program. I think that they're a little bit further behind the Aztecs. I think Rocky Long maybe has like a five year head start on Chris Creighton and the Eastern uh, Michigan Eagles. And did you realize that this is a first of a home and home? Do you know when the other home and home is in Eastern Michigan?
1: When is that? September 3rd, 2027. And twenty seven. Isn't that weird? All, usually, it's you know a two you know back to back years, or maybe you'll have like a year off. Yeah. What are you
0: doing? Let's go. Let's I don't go. Know, September thirty two thousand
1: twenty seven. Eight year gap, or what's a nine year gap? Yeah, wow. it's really weird. But yeah, uh, so this is
0: this is something we're gonna see. The Eastern. I keep calling, wanting them to call them the Eastern State Michigan Eagles. I don't know why, but they're the Eastern Michigan Eagles.
1: I just want to point out the kids on the team that are playing this game tomorrow are gonna be like dads by the time yeah, they play again. That's very true. I mean. <laughs>
0: yeah that's just crazy that they're playing in 2027 that's I I don't even know how that is really possible I mean what if what if the uh, zombie apocalypse hits they're not having their home game well
1: then nobody's having games though
0: well, Other than the zombies true.
1: versus the humans. Yeah, very true. Watching I'd a pay lot to of, see that game, though.
0: Watching a lot of horror movies lately <laughs> with the uh, with the Halloween coming, Train to Busan.
1: That's a good one. Well, and just to let people know coming into this game, too, because this is a team <laughs> that <Jeff> just <laughs> goes right for <laughs> Just ignore it. Go ahead. Uh, so a lot Keep of people looking uh, at Eastern Michigan saying, oh, they're were 5-7 team last year. So I looked it up because I was like, you know, 5-7, and seven, I thought the same thing. Easy win. And I looked it up. Three of their losses, well, two of them were in overtime. One was double overtime. So they lost three after regulation, and then their other four losses: four points, five points, one and twelve. So they only had one double-digit loss. So they're kind of like year. the Aztecs. Yeah, a lot they, of you, a lot of close games. Well, you figure just those three overtime games alone, you're a play away from being an eight and four team. Yeah, and then the one point game, the four, the five, also one play away. Really. Yeah, this was a team that easily could have won ten games last year. Wow. So, I mean, coming into this
0: year, they're very hyped. They started the year, and they kind of have a little bit of a quarterback controversy because they are a passing team. They averaged 332 yards a game this year in the air. So that's something that the Aztecs are going to have to deal with, and they do have a very good wide receiver. Why don't we go ahead and talk about the uh, wide receiver right now for the the Eagles? He's been pretty darn good this year. Blake
1: Banham, through three games, has 23 receptions for 361 yards, so uh, over 120 yards a game and two touchdowns. Here's my fun fact. For you though, this guy has 361 receiving yards. The team as a whole through three games, 382 yards rushing. He's almost outcaught what the entire team has rushed through three games. Yeah, which is kind
0: of playing into the Aztecs or the Aztecs' weaknesses is because we we've talked about how their secondary hasn't been the best this year. It, it was better. It was kind of better last week. but To keep Nikhil Harry in check the way they did last week was impressive, though. I I would agree with that. And Blake Bantam, not a very big guy, though. Not a very big guy. So that that's something that we were talking about before with the Arcega-Whiteside in Stanford and with Nikhil Harry. Those guys are bigger guys. They're 6'3", 6'4", 230. Blank Bantam is 5'9", 195. So he's more of a shifty guy. I think that's if that's their, their go-to guy, I think that's a good sign for the Aztecs. It, it, even though that their pass defense is not as strong as they want it to be, I think that him being a little bit smaller helps the Aztecs.
1: Well, yeah, because that was the big thing that really killed them against Stanford. Well, and and defense. Or Segal Whiteside might be the best receiver in the country too. True. But his size killed. Nikhil Harry, the size was a concern. Of course, we saw at the end of the game, you know where he got the touchdown yeah. to, to make it more interesting. So the size has been the concern. Keeping him, or the fact that he's under six feet, definitely works to the Aztecs' advantage because the corners, while they're smaller, they can definitely keep up, and they'll definitely the, there won't be that size advantage that we've seen in other games.
0: Uh, I'm going to call it a quarterback controversy, although it's not much of a controversy because uh, Chris Creighton, the head coach of the Eastern Michigan Eagles, they uh, changed quarterbacks this year already. They came into the year with Tyler Weigers, and he was not doing very well, apparently. So they pulled him, and they put in Mike Glass, who has been a lot better than Tyler Weigers. So it's... A little bit different because you were saying before we even started this, you asked me, do they have like two quarterbacks or what? But no, they did move on to another guy. So the Aztecs are getting a guy with less film, less tape, and they're also getting a guy with less
1: experience. Yeah, but he's Mike Glass is a lot more versatile than Tyler Weigers, though. Why we, I mean, you say Weigers wasn't getting it done. The guy was completing seventy six percent of his passes. He was forty of sixty for six hundred and fourteen yards. I wouldn't be shocked if we see both guys playing this game and maybe somewhat of a two quarterback system, because Weigers can really throw it around, but glass is more of the Runner. He's already run for 106 yards and two touchdowns. He's thrown for four touchdowns with no interceptions, but only completing 60% of his passes. Yeah, in his uh, first start, he did
0: lose to Buffalo. He lost to Buffalo. Buffalo is a good team, though. Homa Khalil Mack. Homa Khalil Mack, uh, 17 uh, completions for. 17 completions, 284 yards on 27 attempts, two touchdowns, but there you go with the rushing. 14 carries for 69 yards and also a touchdown, so they're going to have to keep him in check, which the Aztecs are good at doing.
1: Well, and that's where you can put a spy on him, Tizino, Laka Laka, those guys you know will be prepared and keep an eye on him. And then the secondary we know is very good, especially where Eastern Michigan doesn't have the size of some of the other teams they've already seen it, like Arizona State and Stanford. Uh, so I really feel like this plays really well into Rocky Long's scheme, and I feel like he's going to have his secondary and his team Team ready, and you got, but you do have to be prepared for Mike Glass to take off at times.
0: Yeah, and that leads us to kind of the Aztecs. They also have somewhat of a quarterback controversy brewing. I think. Uh that it's whatever Rocky Long says goes, so there's no quarterback controversy there. But amongst fans, I know that a lot of people have reached out on social media asking for our opinion on what they should do with Ryan Agnew and Christian Chapman. And I'll go. let's go ahead and uh, get your thoughts out first, Jeff. Well, you McBee. know me. I, oh, I didn't even introduce us earlier, by the way. Who are we? Well, I'm Scraby, the uh, producer for Gwyn and Chris, and this is Jeff McBrayer. McBee, he's a producer for Dan Dancilio that took far too long. But go ahead, Jeff. Oh, no.
1: I just want people to know who
0: we are. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Um, I'm getting the the hang of this whole thing. We're only, what, a couple weeks in, so no big deal. Uh, I like Ryan Agnew's athleticism. I've said that the whole time. Uh, Chapman was was making questionable decisions against Stanford. Even against Sacramento State, the offense was very stagnant when he was in there. And it's nothing against Chapman. We know he can win big games. We saw him do it last year. We saw him do it the year before that. For whatever reason, he just looked off this season so far. So based on just what I've seen so far, because they've both really played the same amount, a game and a half, I think Agnew's been the better quarterback this season. He's more athletic. And like you even said before we started, being a fifth-year senior, it's nothing against Chapman, he's obviously earned the right to play, but you have to be thinking what's best for the team. And going forward, Agnew's going to be the guy next year, too. And if Agnew's rolling and he beats Arizona State, he beats Eastern Michigan, we know Chapman could be up out to six weeks. At that point, you would have played Boise. If you beat Boise as well, and Agnew's got the team rolling, how do you stop the momentum, especially when that's going to be your guy going forward into next season? And you want to build that momentum for next year as well. And you could have a very special year next year, because we've already talked. There's only two seniors on this offense. Yeah. And I get what you're saying about uh, Agnew. And if he keeps winning, yes, you have to keep
0: him in. But at the same time, I, I think Christian Chapman, he is just so good at taking care of the ball. So it's going to be the most important thing for Ryan Agnew to keep his playing time. Is not going to be how much how many yards he throws. It's not going to be how many yards he runs for. Now, I mean – touchdowns are in inter- it's going to be if he can keep the ball and not throw picks not give up fumbles or you know Christian Chapman in the beginning of this year I know he only really played Stanford and a little bit of UC Davis but um Sacramento Sac State. State yeah UC Davis was last year but the Stanford game he was really indecisive which was so out of character for him but I think that if you're Rocky Long you have to kind of make the decision maybe it's already been made uh, but you'll see where the team's at when it happens. But I just uh, I don't think you see Christian Chapman again because
1: of how many. Uh, it, this is
0: the end of his Aztec
1: career. Yeah, I think it's kind of similar to the Alabama situation where you know they got Tua and Jalen Hurts and Jalen Hurts all he does is win, Chapman all he does is win. True. And Good you comparison. have Yeah, and but Ryan Agnew is the more athletic. I think he has more potential. Kind of like, you know, Tua was obviously higher rated, had more potential. Nick Saban made that tough call and I think Rocky Long will have to make the tough call. I think with Agnew, it's more of a a high risk, high reward. He obviously isn't ex- as as experienced. He he will probably make some questionable throws where Chapman we know takes very good care of the ball, uh, rarely turns the ball over. Agnew is going to take more chances, but you do have more athletic. He can get more on the outside. I think he's honestly got the stronger arm. We saw the offense open up a little bit more last Mm -hmm. week, and I think you got to take those risks, and the payoff is there if Agnew continues to take care of the ball. It's going to be a bigger payoff and open up your offense more if he doesn't. You always have Chapman on the bench. I think it's a win-win really for the Aztecs. Yeah, poor Christian Chapman. I
0: mean, it sucks to lose your job to injury. It really does because this is his last year. I, I don't. I'm not going to say if he could play the NFL or not. I'm not a scout, but I, I, I don't think I've seen him in any, on any draft boards. So this could be his last real hurrah with organized football and it's sad that you know you can lose your job thinking that you're going to be the starter all year and all that stuff.
1: Well, and to that point if you're Agnew don't get content either though because That's if you true. have one bad half, Chapman again, all he does is win, they will put him on the field in a heartbeat because they know he can go out there and get the job done.
0: I said on my in my article on 973thefansd.com about this Eastern Michigan game, I said that the Aztecs have some not so secret weapons anymore being Well, this is a not-so-secret weapon. This is a no-brainer. Jawan Washington is amazing. He is really good, and he has taken over for Rashad Penny. I'm I'm done with the Rashad Penny comparisons. Jawan Washington is his own guy, and he's his own star.
1: Well, and this just seems to be how the Aztecs work, though. I mean, we saw it from Ronnie Hillman to Adam Moima to Donnell Pumphrey to Rashad Penny. Yeah. Now Washington. Even Chase Jasmine had a great game against the Az- or the Arizona State last week. So. Yeah.
0: So listen to this uh, nationally. Juwan Washington, through three games, he ranks first in forcing a missed tackle with 29, which is eight more than anyone else in the country. Third in rushing yards after contact. Fourth in rushing yards per game with 150.7. Fifth in all-purpose yards per game with 190. And he's ninth in rushing yards touchdowns with five touchdowns on the year. So he's amazing. But I would say uh, the first and least, you know, the first secret weapon that's not a secret weapon anymore, Chase Jasmine, like you just said, ran for over 100 yards in the last game. And if they can get that, uh, we looked up a stat earlier. What was that stat we looked at?
1: So under Rocky Long, the Aztecs 15-0 and 0 when you have two running backs go over 100 yards. And I think overall in the school, you said what, 28 and 28 1 and in the school history? In
0: the Rocky Long era, it's 15 and 0. And you got to think, we were listening him off. It was Pumf- or, you know, Pumphrey and
1: Muema. Or, or, yeah, it started with Adam Moema and Donald Pumphrey. Yeah. Well, really, Ronnie Hillman and yeah, Adam Muema. Yeah, and yeah. then Muema and Pumphrey, yep. Pumphrey and Penny, yep. Penny and Washington. And now you got Washington and Jasmine. So obviously, they're pumping out those running backs at Running Back
0: you, And Chase Jasmine's secret weapon number one that's not so secret anymore. Would you agree?
1: Oh, absolutely. The game he had, I mean, minus the fumble last week, kid had a fantastic game, over 100 yards. With Arizona State, obviously a lot of eyes on that game. He picked the perfect game to to have his breakout game. And I, I liked him even last year as a freshman, too. Uh, we got to see just quick glimpses of him, but that kind of is how Rocky Long brings him along. He's got, he's got a third string back that usually he'll play in some garbage time throughout the season, and then when the next season comes around, when the next guy moves on, next man up, and he plugs him in there, and they're ready to go.
0: Uh, The not-so-secret weapon anymore, second one. And I guess he wasn't a secret weapon, but no one was really talking about him before the season. Kayava Tizino. And he is the – according to Pro Football Focus, he is the – best linebacker this season in performance grade. He started eight contests in a row and he's posted 83 tackles and nine and a half tackles for loss and this season he he pretty much leads the defense with tackles, tackles for loss and sacks and he's played, he's tied for the most snaps in uh, on the defensive side with 185 so he's durable and he's efficient and he is rated the top FBS linebacker in the country.
1: Well, and It's funny to me that people are surprised by this because I told you I follow, recru- you know I follow Recruiting yes. religiously almost, and for the Aztecs, yes, you and have the, a shrine in your house. <laughs> and I just, I just praise all recruits. Yeah, um, but yeah. So the, in the last five years, the five six years I've been following the Aztecs, Tazino is actually the only top three hundred recruit that Rocky Long has gotten in the last five or six years. And he was listed, I think, is like the top. I think he was t- top two hundred, something like that. He was one of the best linebackers coming out of L.A. And I was shocked when they got a top three hundred kid, but I was really excited for him. We didn't see much of him his freshman year, but the last couple years, you're really starting to see him take off and figure it out.
0: Yeah, and the last not-so-secret weapon that is uh, John Barron II. He is their kicker. He is great. We talked about him on the Arizona State Recap. We think he's going to be kicking on Sundays. And I guess he's a secret weapon because no one really knows about kickers in college football. You know, I couldn't name anyone else in college football. I can name some NFL kickers, but I couldn't name a college kicker outside of John Barron II.
1: Yeah, well, see, and again, this one comes back, I even said before the season, you called me crazy when I said he's the gift that keeps on giving, and I guaranteed he'd be playing on Sundays, because I remember going to Aztecs games five, six years ago, I think it was three games in a row, they could not make a field, they couldn't even make an extra point, it got so bad, Wow! and then you see John Barron go out, and what was it, hit a 54-yarder last week, and this kid just, it seems like, never misses, and he's such a luxury to have, and he's going to be the difference maker, I guarantee you there's going to be a game somewhere this season where they're going to win by two or three, because... because of his leg and his accuracy and I love John Barron's leg and I don't think he gets, I understand it's a kicker most people don't care because they either, they love you when you make them, they hate you when you miss them, there's no in between, but this is a guy that really has helped turn around the special teams for them and is such a luxury for this program.
0: Yeah, alright, so let's move to our three keys to the game. My first key to the game is going to be Ryan Agnew not trying too hard, is pretty much what I'm going to say, is just do your job keep control of the ball and you guys will have a W. What's your first key to the game. Well, I
1: had that one later, but I'll just uh, piggyback off of you since I have it on here. Let Agnew be Agnew. Let him be him, man. You've got this versatile running back. Let him get outside of the pocket. Get him outside where he has options to throw downfield or take off. Last week, you let him throw for 24 passes. That was two less than Chapman had thrown in a game and a half, so obviously you're trusting him. Let him get out there. Do what he does. Use that athletic ability and trust his arm because this kid can throw it around and I think you really got to open up the offense and let him be him. He threw a laser
0: into the corner of the end zone in that Arizona State game that was there was only one spot to put it and he put it there so he does have a good arm all right my second key to the game is going to be the secondary and that could be on the list i know i'm trying not to to do the same things every week but last week they played a lot better and i think the secondary this week if they can keep the uh mike bannon out out of the uh out of the end zone and you know kind of do what they did last week with arizona state Play a little bit of prevent defense. Make sure that you don't let any big plays get over the top, and you let them in front of you, and then play your tough red zone defense that you're you're known for.
1: I'm going defensive side as well, but I'm going to go the opposite. You got to get pressure on the quarterback. You got to make sure you keep my glass contained. Lane assignment is going to be huge, but you want to get pressure out on him. Have a spy at all times, and then when he gets out of the pocket and tries to take off, have that spy come up and stop him before he can get any momentum going.
0: Mine is don't look ahead and don't fall into the trap. You can't because they're playing Boise State next week, Boise State next week, and they're playing it in Boise. It's going to be a tough game. So you can't look ahead. You have to make sure that you win this game because I think if you lose this game, then it's just going to be such a tough uphill battle from there.
1: Well, yeah, they're in what, the same position Arizona State was in last week that we talked yeah, about. True. You're coming off the win. You got a yep. big one next. Yeah, don't fall in the trap. I absolutely agree with you. That's a great point mine is just field position because this is a good eastern michigan offense they're it's they're going to try and score a lot of points they average 33 points a game so if you can control the field position even if you can't get your offense going at all we just mentioned john Barron. if you can you know pin them deep get in field goal position field goals could win this game for you and john barron has got a leg you don't have to get very deep into territory to to get him into his range are you saying that a field goal they're gonna only win by a goal? No, I'm goal? saying, but if you settle for field goals with as good as this or sorry, the San Diego State defense is, mm-hmm. field goals could win you this game. So you're saying it's gonna be like a six nothing game? No, oh no, 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 no. It absolutely <laughs> won't be. But I'm saying if you but if you can control the field position and get in John Barron's range, it can definitely make a difference. No,
0: I I, I agree with you. And um they also have a, some pretty good kick returners. They haven't really they haven't brought one back to the house yet. Juwan Washington and Chase Jasmine, which I really always thought was kind of weird that both those guys are on the field. Why do you have your starting running back and your backup running back Returning kicks, like what if both of them get hurt and now you're down to your like third string?
1: I've often questioned this because you you see guys get hurt so often on special teams, but something Rocky Long has always done: Pomfrey returned, Penny return. P- Penny was one of the best return men in the country last year. He's I one mean, of the best return men, I think in college football history. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's hard not to argue when it's working. I mean, for whatever reason, his running backs are working. I don't know if it's he wants the hands, he wants guys with the vision, but for whatever reason, special teams has always been key for under Rocky Long, and it works for him. So I'm not going to question it any longer. All right. So what was our predictions before the year? For for this game. So before the game started before the year started, you had San Diego State winning this 35 to 21 and I had them winning 38 to 21. Oh yeah, that was the infamous field goal game that you said you're going to pick a
0: different score and then you picked it by a had field to go goal. <laughs> Had to go big. Had to go a lot different. Are you feeling good about your score? I'm feeling pretty good about my score. I think maybe I might be 3 points off It might be 35-24. But I, don't, I, I see it being a pretty decisive victory.
1: My other thing, I feel like I went a little high. The Aztecs average 22. Yeah, uh, they are averaging a lot less points than they have in the past. Which is weird. They average 22, they average giving up 22 because of that Stanford game. It kind of offsets a little bit. But yeah, and Eastern Michigan averages 33 points. I feel like I'm a little high. I'd probably go somewhere closer to like a 28 to 21 type of game. But I still like it to be close because I think these teams are pretty even. All right, let's move finally
0: to your thoughts on the college football weekend. Now, can I get something out of the way first? What is that? I saw this. Who is it Ryan Day, the Ohio State coach that filled in for Urban Meyer in the three games?
1: Yes. Okay. Yes.
0: I think it's absolutely horrendous that he made $487,000 for three games of fill-in work. I think that is garbage.
1: When Urban Meyer is bringing in about $5 million. No,
0: I think it's garbage that he... Oh, you thought he made too much. Way too much. He's a guy, Urban Meyer's doing the coaching, putting together the game plan, and you're just sitting... Like, not even that. The guy is making $487,000 when everybody else, all the college students, are making anything. That's a good point.
1: That's a good point. I know that's the classic argument, but, but... I mean, he's coaching, and he's got the job of head coach for that, so I'm glad they at least gave him some, some kind of boost, even though we all know Urban no. Meyer's planning the game the week of... I mean I get it I think Ohio State I I
0: can't I don't know that I could ever look at Ohio State The same Oh, I never liked him to begin with, so I look at him the exact same oh, way I did before. I know you have a grudge.
1: I never had a grudge. I mean, I really like... I don't have him. a grudge. I just, you have a grudge. I, Urban Meyer, to me, is just... There's no class Scumbag. there. He still won't own up to anything. He's still making excuses. <laughs> like, Just shut your mouth and do your job. Still like, doing stay press at, conferences? Yeah. Stay, and he always does them on Friday, so we all have the weekend to forget is what he's hoping for. But we don't forget Urban Meyer. Once it's out there, it's out there. Yeah. Like all every time he opens his mouth he looks worse.
0: Like, please just go away. I, I never really used to be disgusted by how much coaches got paid in the college football ranks and college basketball for that matter. But I'm starting with each time I see something like that, I'm starting to get more and more disgusted by it. NCAA athletics.
1: I don't want to get too much into it, but the thing with Urban Meyer is when you make Nick Saban look good to the media, because the way you're talking right now and the way you act, you're making Nick Saban look like an angel right now. And Nick Saban, we all know, hates the media, sucks with the media, but every time he opens his mouth, it's just, it makes you cringe. (laughs) Like, everything he says makes me cringe and just question his character even more.
0: Well, I mean, he did take Aaron Hernandez under his wing. I should tell you everything you need to know about Urban Meyer and then told a reportedly a scout, "Don't effing draft that guy. He is a lunatic." He didn't say the lunatic part. I added that, but he said, "Don't effing draft
1: this guy." So he knew what he was dealing with back in college. Well, that's why he roomed with Tim Tebow though. It was to sweep it all under the rug. Can
0: you imagine that room by the way? Can Tebow you and Aaron, Tebow Aaron and Aaron Hernandez. Hernandez Aaron Hernandez gets back, he's got like, I don't know, like some blood on his hands or something or on his face, and Tebow's like, What happened? He's like, Oh no, nothing. I just fell outside Tebow's like, Oh, have a blessed day, something like that. <laughs> not not we that could there's take anything wrong. And turn this into a no, great rant. Not, not that there's anything wrong with Tim Tebow. That's such a weird roommate combination of Aaron Hernandez, a convicted murderer who ended up, you know, taking his own life, and Tim
1: Tebow in the same room. The golden child that everybody loves.
0: You would think that his Jesusness would rub off on Aaron Hernandez, but it didn't happen. Okay, we're getting way off track here. <laughs>
1: let's go with uh, what you're looking forward so to this Let's talk about weekend. football that's actually yes. taking place this weekend. So, big game in Tuscaloosa, Texas A&M traveling to play Alabama. Another coach who makes too much money. <laughs> Which one? big either no, one. No, Nick Saban deserves it. Jimbo Fisher oh, doesn't yeah. deserve it. Uh, I know people are high on A&M because they played Clemson close. You got to remember that was in College Station. I think this Alabama Alabama team, and I said this on air on the Dan show, Show, um, earlier oh, this week, dropper. I think Alabama, this is the best team I've seen in college football in my lifetime, even more than those USC teams that were loaded, because this is the first time Nick Saban's ever had an offense. He's never had a quarterback this good. I haven't seen one game yet. You have, okay, the fact is he's always been a defensive run the ball. No, no, I, I know. I, I've seen some Alabama okay. games. No, but, but I'm saying, but he's got... This year I have with not Tua, seen Alabama. The way that they can throw it around and as versatile as he is, when you add a, that good of an offense with the defense he's always had, this team's almost unbeatable. I don't see anyone in the country right now that can beat this team.
0: Well, that's really good for ratings.
1: <laughs> uh, number two, I went with the Wisconsin versus Iowa game. Wisconsin coming off of the loss to BYU, the shocking loss that they lost at home. Iowa of course is always really, really really tough. They're always a tough out, and especially when you go into Iowa City. So I got Iowa and Wisconsin. I would not be shocked to see Wisconsin lose two in a row, which Wisconsin one of the most consistent teams in the country year in and year out. I think Iowa could take them down. Watch Iowa go to 4 They would jump into the top 25. Of course, the big one out west this weekend in primetime, Stanford traveling to Eugene to take on Oregon. Oh yeah, You've been hyped about this one. I'm so excited for this one because this one, to me, puts you in the front seat, the driver's seat to win the Pac-12. For the Pac-12, there's really only two teams that have a chance to make the playoffs. It's the winner of this game, and Washington, I still think, is in it if they win out. So the winner of this one is huge because Stanford, I know, is the team everyone's jumping on. I like Stanford to win this, but don't sleep on Oregon because if Oregon wins this, they would jump into the top 15, and they're team that does have potential to run the table Justin Herbert could be the best quarterback in the country and the number one quarterback taken in the draft Herbie um, the other game I got, this one is, you know, for me, for my part of the country, TCU against Texas. Everyone's trying to say, oh, oh yeah, totally. Texas is back because they beat USC. USC it's t- is terrible. It's trash right now. They have a freshman quarterback that's inexperienced. Texas still lost to Maryland. Maryland just lost. I can't remember who Maryland lost. Oh, to uh Temple. Maryland just lost to Temple last week. Yep. So Maryland's not a good team. They beat Texas. I still think Texas is overrated. Look for TCU to bounce back after they lost to Ohio State and crush Texas. In TCU's this one. pretty good, I think. They are. They are. I thought they Approved. I know I did, I did see some of that game. Yeah, I know they lost to Ohio State, but if you watch the game, TCU played them very close. Um, I think TCU will go in and crush Texas and Austin this week. And then, of course, Arizona State looking for the rebound against Washington. I think Washington still has a shot to make the playoffs. they got to run the table. Arizona State, I thought, got exposed a little bit. I think you saw the frustrations on the sideline. And, of course, going up to Washington is not going to be easy. I like the Huskies to take care of business in this one.
0: Alright, one other college football storyline that I wanted to talk to you about about is uh, the old Nebraska Cornhuskers. And I... They are 0-2. They, their first game was canceled for some reason against Akron. I think there was like a hurricane or something. Um, I'm not sure why it was canceled.
1: It was something with – oh, it was lightning delay. It was, lightning. There, there was and they lightning. canceled
0: the game because of lightning? Oh, you got to see
1: the picture, though. It's some awesome oh. lightning going on. Yeah. All right.
0: Well, then they lost to Colorado 33-28, and then they lost to Troy 24-19. Scott Frost, Mr. Mr. National Champion Head Coach. I couldn't be more happy that the Nebraska Cornhuskers are 0-2. I cannot believe that guy – announced the same—wasn't it the same day that they won their—not their their, uh, not, not their bowl game, but the same day they won their conference championship? Yeah, it was something— It, it was, was like right after the time. game. Yeah. It was like right after the game on the field. He goes, I'm, I'm just so happy for these guys because I'm going to Nebraska.
1: Well, I mean, he still coached the bowl game, though, and finished off the undefeated season. Oh, but well, everyone, everyone knew he was going to Nebraska. How about the fact both losses came at home? I think that's more shocking than the fact that they're 0 2. Even the fact better. They lost at home. Even better. Yeah, Scott Frost is supposed to be the guy. I, and I, I think Scott Frost will turn Nebraska around. I don't know if he'll get them back to where they used to be. I mean, you're talking about one of the most dominant dynasties in the 70s. But, I Just mean. the 70s? What, 70s, 80s? 90s. The 90s, Not they were the still 2000s. good. 2000, yeah, they made that national championship, but they, they shouldn't have even gotten there. Uh, Miami crushed them. But anyway, I love that Scott Frost is dying right now. No, that that, that was a really, really <laughs> wow, bad. No, this no. is like personal
0: now. No, that was a really bad comparison. I love that Scott Frost is losing in Nebraska.
1: Well, how about the fact that Central Florida is still just blowing everybody out and looks great while Nebraska is struggling? You know my thoughts on Central Florida. I think that they should just go and
0: be shut down or something.
1: You know, I didn't mention this in my games, but how about tonight, uh, Florida Atlantic, who was actually a 10-win oh, team I'm last so year, them. playing Central Florida tonight. Oh. Huge game there. Good segue. <laughs> Huge game there, though, between Florida Atlantic and Central Florida, because if you look at Central Florida's schedule, there's not a lot of teams, I think, that can actually beat them. Florida Atlantic is one of those teams, I think, that can. That's Lane Kiffin, right?
0: Yeah, and the, the lane train coming in. Oh, so. here we go, the lane train coming in. All right, well, that was it for our uh, podcast today, the Warriors' Revenge podcast. I like that name. I like right. that better than Aztec Report. I'm gonna get a tattoo on my neck. It says
1: Warriors Please. Revenge Podcast. <laughs> Please do, because that would make my day. <laughs> would you get
0: a Would you get a tattoo on your neck too?
1: Uh, no, no, I wouldn't. All right, wouldn't even get one on my wrist. All right.
0: Well- <laughs> Uh, where else? Were we okay. What uh, other? Maybe your foot. Your I ankle? don't want a tattoo. I'm good. Especially Bye. when they say "Warrior Revenge." I'm, I'm just gonna get a whole back piece that says "Warriors Revenge Podcast" and then a picture of you in the corner, like with thumbs up or something. If
1: they run the table, I think you should do it. Who the Aztecs? If the Aztecs no, run. They the already ta- lost. Okay, how about this? If the Aztecs make a New Year's Six bowl this year, you get that tattoo. No, I'm not gonna the, say yes to something because you understand. In order to do it, they got to run the table, and you no, still need Central Florida to lose.
0: Which can happen any
1: any moment. I'm just saying, though. The no, odds are not in their favor, but I think... I can't. I oh, can't. Come on. I can't. Because I know, you know what, what happens. You know, you know I, what I'm I'd taking be... this as? You have faith that SDSU could be in a New Year Six Bowl.
0: That's why you're hesitant. I don't, but knowing me personally, Scraby they would do it because that's just how it <laughs> happens. I mean, everything that's not supposed to happen happens to me. That's what happens. And I'm not crying. Anyway, let's finish this up. I don't know.
1: I want the Aztecs to do this, and I want you to get that tattoo so bad. I,
0: I mean, I may consider getting a tattoo at the end of the year because I, I have been thinking about another tattoo. Okay. Um, but maybe not on my neck.
1: Yeah, ne- next <laughs> well, on little, my throat. How about just do it on the face?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll just do it underneath my eyes. You know, It'll get, some, get some of the revenge, blade. and then uh, like my mustache will say podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and then that then we're, would be awesome. I'm a walking, walking billboard. All right. So I am Scraby and this is McBee Jeff McBrayer We'll talk to you next week when we do the recap of this game, and hopefully, we're talking about Nastix win. Talk to you next week.